0: we love your presence there's nothing like it it's nothing like the privilege we have of being able to come with confidence and boldness right before your throne and sit or stand in your presence just want to take a moment right now and say, we love you. Every one of us, let's just say I love you to Jesus right now. I love you, Jesus. Lord, that's our heart. That's our heart, And we recognize that the only reason we can say that is because you first loved us. So we thank you for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. An important part of our um, worship is the giving of our tithes and offerings so um, we have three ways that, uh, uh, that we can do that at this church. One, you can go to our let website and give electronically. That's bloomingtonvineyard.com. Look for the Give button. It'll walk you through the, the, the prompts in that, and uh, we... Uh, um, it's, it's very easy. Or if you brought your tithes and offerings with you, you can place them in one of the black boxes by each door uh, on your way out, or you can mail a check to uh, the address on the screen, the P.O. Box 3277. Um, three different ways that we can continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings, because that is a part of worship. You know, we a lot of times identify worship as just the coming together and singing and, and, you know, sensing his presence. But we we also worship through the giving of tithes and offerings. We also worship through our service. We worship day in and day out, every moment of the day, by the way that we live our lives. So um, that's a a very big, important uh, part of worship. Um, I would like to uh, report and celebrate that... uh, um, I.U. had a great win last night. you know, four, by 42 points. you know that's that's amazing. There were a couple of other not as important teams that that um, might have won also, but we won't mention those. but IU, great job, IU. Arkansas, did they win? All right, all right. So Arkansas won, IU won, and Ohio State lost. We're we're sorry about that. No, we don't pay attention to any of those teams up north. Um, So whether they be in Indiana or in some other state up north. Uh, Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, we are very uh, excited and very blessed today to have Pastors Duke and Marie Lancaster with us from Jackson, Mississippi. Um, They just celebrated their, last Saturday, they just celebrated their 39th anniversary. Amen. And Marie describes that as as 30 great years of marriage. And those of you who are married or have been married will understand that and get that. (laughs) Sorry, Duke. (laughs) Uh, But... um, Anyway, uh, we're glad to have them with us. Uh, They have planted uh, three different churches and led in vineyard churches in Northwest Arkansas, um, Palm Springs, California, San Diego, and for the last 10 years have been serving as co-pastors of the vineyard in Jackson, Mississippi. Duke also leads the uh, Vineyard, uh, uh, Vineyard Columbia partnership, just like the Uh, The Costa Rica partnership that we're a part of, um, he he led the uh, Vineyard uh, Columbia Missions Partnership. There's a whole lot that I could say. I mean, they've been, you know, successful in in leading in both secular areas and business and so forth and and in the church. But I don't want to take any more of their time, but I'm... I first met them like three, four years ago, I think it was, at a School of Kingdom Ministry leadership uh, conference uh, over in Urbana, Illinois. And I am impressed, seriously impressed by their passion for raising up and releasing leaders in the local church and empowering them to do the stuff that Jesus did empowering them to be the leader that God created them to be, releasing the gifts that God has put in them, because we each have different gifts. You know, we're not all the same. Not everybody has a a sense of humor like I do. You know, we all have different... (laughs) Now, Duke, I have it on good authority that we are very similar in that area, so... Um, We both are very funny, and not everybody recognizes that, so, yeah, yeah, Um, especially our families. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, whoops, I'm going to knock this whole thing over. Um, Yesterday, they spent the day meeting with and working with our leadership team and pouring into them, and we had a wonderful time. Uh, and we are so blessed to have them with us today. Marie is going to come and share a message that God has put on her heart for us today, and then Duke's going to join up here afterwards, in, and they're going to lead us in a time of worship and ministry. So let's go ahead and uh, welcome them, give them a taste of good old Vineyard who's your Hospitality.
1: This is a maze.
0: Yes it is. It's amazing.
1: It's, and it's amazing, that's right. Well, we'll see how impressed you are after I get done this morning. Excuse me. So I am standing up. So see in I have to tell you something. I had to really kind of control myself this morning, some a little bit during worship, although if you were standing next to me, you could hear me getting a little bit into it and excited and it's not only at ball games that I can lose my voice. As my dad used to say, you can either say amen or ouch to that one. It is good to see your faces. Awesome. You know, it's not just, you know, it can be a struggle sometimes, you know, like to make connection with people when your face is covered, but the eyes truly are the windows to the soul, the gateway to the soul in us, and people can see when you smile, they can see when you're stressed just by looking at your eyes, the rest of your body language. So I'm glad to see that your body language and your eyes are telling me that you're glad to be here this morning. Now, I have to tell you, a miracle is happening right now that only my husband will appreciate because he knows me so well, and it's the fact that I have my hand on the table, I have identified my boundaries where I can and cannot go. So, just to settle the question, why why doesn't she take her hand off the table because this is helping keeping me grounded? Consider this a leash that would would probably be around my ankle, tied to the base of this table and it will keep me in camera frame for those of you watching online and keep me behind the shield that is up here this morning that is there for your protection probably in more ways than one from me <laughs> um, I had I had a whole message that I thought I was supposed to give this morning and then last night I was going over it and I just had this unsettled feeling that it wasn't quite right for whatever reason and this morning when I got up, The Lord took me on a hard 90-degree turn, so I'm going to encourage us in something this morning I think is is timely for our current situation to um, remind us and encourage us of one of a very important truth and reality about being a part of the family of God, Um. Duke and I have had a really good time and so enjoyed getting to spend yesterday with your leaders and those in your church. And I want you to hear this for those of you in uh, Vineyard Community Church. You have a great set of leaders. Amen. People who have a heart for God in their own personal lives, but they also have a heart for you. God has, they have, they are committed to imaging and reflecting and showing and serving to all of you the heart of our good daddy, of our Savior, our Lord, who extravagantly gave out his life for each of us and are committed to empowering and showing you how and equipping you to live a Holy Spirit-empowered life, Holy Spirit who is God in us and God with us. And they are committed to you to all of you and it's not just a job for them it is it is a it is not even a sacrifice it is an offering of love like anybody would do who participates in family together they are committed and you need to know that one of the things that became so evident as uh we've been here over this weekend i've been asking people all the time, so tell me what it is that you love about this church. And I'd like you to think about that for a moment. What is it that draws you and has kept you as part of this local body, this local family? And I you know, heard different responses and everything, but a lot of it seemed to come and generate around a couple of two key ideas one was community at a bunch of different levels and the presence of God. And that is so important. That is so important. You see, community is, is kind of where I want to focus this morning because that is what we have been called to, what we have been placed in. How many of you ever have ever heard someone say, you know, my faith is very private, right? I, I, don't, I don't talk a lot about my relationship with Jesus. I don't say a whole lot of things. I don't confront people that you know, feel like I'm intruding in their space about this. I, I just live very privately. Now, that may sound good in the sense of I don't want to be offensive, to others around me but can I tell you that is a lie the only thing private about our faith is when we come personally into a relationship in and through Jesus that's personal that's individual nobody else can do that for you that is definitely your private individual walk in faith with the Lord but after that It's all about being in community. Think of it. Have you ever heard that, um, particularly in orphanages, there was was a study done, um, particularly in an orphanage over in Eastern Europe several years ago, that they were looking at the development of the children who were given into their care. Some of them, a lot of them came in as infants because they were just abandoned or left for whatever reason or another, you know, life circumstances, you know, probably prohibit so many from being able to raise their kids. Anyway, so the orphanage was really understaffed, and they brought the, they had these babies, they would bring them in, they'd put them in a crib, they had a roof over their heads, they were clothed. Their basic bodily needs were taken care of. They were fed, but they didn't have connection. There was no development or uh, environment that they were in where they were touched, where they were spoken to, where they were held. And even though they had all the basic necessities of life on their own, they had what was called failure to thrive. They grew physically, but even that was behind the scale. Compared to those babies who were at that orphanage who did have more contact, human contact, by the workers, the the caretakers, the adults, other people, those same babies given the same environment, the same inputs for food and clothing and shelter, they thrived. They were ahead in their development, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. And I think that is a really good picture of understanding why it is so important and why God designed it this way, that we are literally born new into his kingdom, into his family. And at that point, he says, as a new infant, I'm putting you in a local family because that's how I've designed it. That's. Family was not an accidental word. That's how he designed it from the very beginning. God himself lives in community between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the council in heaven, and all the other created beings. And he said, I'm putting you in family because here is where you're going to thrive. I've designed it so that you will be in a place and in a community of relationship where you will grow Your needs will be met. You will learn how to become a part of something bigger than yourself. There's an identity that goes as part of that, a belonging, so that you can thrive. And if there's one of the things that has come through the last two years that has really hit, now see, I'm going to get to speak and you can't fire me. But make no no mistake, I, we, I would t- teach this in our own church, which I have. One of the things that has impacted the world as a whole, and it has had good reason. Don't hear me say what I am not implying. But it has enforced an isolation on humanity that has erected we've become comfortable with, almost. And it's erected barriers to where we wanna keep everybody at his arm length. Now don't hear what I'm not saying. There's medical, scientific reasons that are necessary for a season. But the problem is we can get patterned to that. It can become comfortable. And I would like to suggest to you that that is one of the tools, subtle as it can be, that the enemy is using to neuter the advancement of the kingdom of God. You see out of anybody, any group of people, any identifying group of people on this entire earth, it should be those of us who are sons and daughters of God the Father, who have been literally rescued from death, who have the empowering presence of Holy Spirit inside us who is ready to burst out at any moment, the kingdom at hand to any given situation, who should be the ones exhibiting and modeling, oh, imaging and reflecting our God to a world that is terrified, not just afraid. I'm talking crippling terror who feels so out of control, who has, is losing hope, who is being isolated, and instead of thriving, moving forward in life, it has been a steady, slow, backward regression almost to a fetal position. And the church has not been immune. We have not been immune. Listen, we have all gotten a whole lot better at online presence, right? Now, I am old enough to remember another season in our culture where technology made a huge impact on the body of Christ as a whole, and this is television. And I'm going to draw you to a point here. And I can remember when uh, ministries started uh, transmitting services online. There were big ministries, you know, that had Sunday morning uh, broadcasts that they would do. And I can remember how people, and it's the same thing that's happening now, they would look at that and they would go, man, that's That's amazing. This preacher, man, there is nobody who can share the word of God like so-and-so. Oh, man, that music that they do is amazing. And it is, and it was. And it is, and it is today. So many things that you can find online. And then they started pulling away from actual real connection within the church itself, I don't need to come, I'm getting fed, the music is so much better on TV than it is in our church, because quite frankly, you know, somebody just needs to tell her, she's a little bit flat, and that just, just distracts me. Now, I am pointing a lot of fingers at myself because, y'all, I I am guilty of that. I'm not preaching to me. But the point is, is you can get some good teaching. You can worship and feel the presence of God individually. And we are supposed to have that personal time, that personal relationship, that personal connection with the Lord. But it is in no way a replacement for coming together. Because something happens when we are together and we come in unity. You know the word synergy? More than just the product of the sum, it is more than that of the individuals. It is now a unifying in the spiritual realm and in the supernatural realm. And we come together and worship takes on a whole new level. We come together and we come to the table. Family different, family dinners are different than a single meal at home, aren't they? We come together and we see someone And we go, oh, it is so good to see you, Ellen. (laughs) How are things going? How's the things, what are things happening in your life, Dave? You know, the last time we talked, I remember you telling me about this. How's that new business venture going? Oh, man, I know it's hard. It's okay. Keep at it. I think it was a God idea. Community is not an option. It is vital to our ability to thrive. Individually, as a church family, and for us to be successful in the ongoing mission of bringing the kingdom of God no matter where we are and letting people know God is at hand and ready to break into your life Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, we're going to go through some scripture today, and I have my electronic version. So if you have an electronic version, I just want you to know this is holy. (laughs) Okay, I I just want you to know that. And the beauty of this is that no matter what version the person is talking in, there's an app on here, you can pull up that version and read in it, and it's also a lot quicker to get to the verses, by the way. So I'm reading out of the e s v the English standard Version, and let's go to Hebrews chapter ten verse twenty three now the the context here is the writer of Hebrews is talking to a basically Jewish audience, a Jewish hearing group that he's going through they're going through all this stuff they're making this laying the argument out about you know what Israel had under the law and all the sacrifices and those things, but now how Jesus is the fulfillment and so much better than that, that that no longer has the same, the same thing. And that instead of always having to go back every year and make the uh, sacrifices for sin all the time or whatever, Jesus has done it once and for all. They are, can be assured in their faith in Christ that it's all done. Nothing else is required. And we get to this section in Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, it was the, you have to understand in their context, when they went to church, to temple, before Jesus, when sacrifices were still made, you know, they were separated from the presence of the absolute presence of God, the holy of holies. There was a barrier, a physical barrier, that kept them out of the presence of God because before that time, if you went into that, you would die. If you weren't fully covered by the blood, a temporary sacrifice and blood of an animal, and were the one called to go into that very holy of holies, that wasn't allowed for the general public. But because of Jesus, that was all removed. Coming in fully together, together to come into the presence of God with no barriers, not to be afraid, was amazing. And we don't get that. We're very used to and appreciate and have the freedom to, without fear, come together into a place together to experience his presence unlimited together. That kind of separation is something we don't know and can't appreciate. So the writer here is saying, so have the full assurance of your faith that you can enter the holy place by and through the blood of Jesus. And then the the writer comes down to verse 23 and says this, So, in light of all of this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hold fast to it. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what's going on, hold fast without wavering to our hope that we have. Because for he, who is he? God, Jesus is faithful. He is faithful. That's why we have hope. He is faithful. That's a truth that we can plant firmly in. I <laughs> got you to look up, didn't I? <laughs> and know that that is not going to move. That is a steady foundation. He is faithful. And now, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let's consider how to do that. Because he is faithful. He is good. We are firmly planted even in the midst of chaos around us. We are secure because we know he is faithful. He is only good. And we can trust him. So let's consider how we can encourage each other, stir each other up, remind each other in love for love and the good works that we're given to do for the kingdom. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? Let's consider that. Now, the writer gives us a solution. Not neglecting, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But in that meeting together, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, all the more, since everything around us is saying, hold back, be afraid, don't get too close. You have no control. Hope is dwindling. Everything, every voice, major voice around us on television, on Facebook, on the internet, on news, everything around us is saying, it is shaky. It's Chicken Little. The sky is falling. You laugh. My question to you is, where are you feeding? What are you eating? What are you nourishing your mind with, your soul with? Because all during the week, it is real easy to get focused on this this, the voices that are coming over, this. And I am susceptible to this myself. I get, I get pulled in, right? How many of you have ever been fly fishing? You Know what I'm talking about? You do this, you keep, you keep teasing that trout, you know? It's like, ooh, 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 I want that. And it follows, and then you hook them, and then you begin, and you hold it. And at first, you're like, they're fighting you, and then they get tired because that hook's already in there. That idea's planted, that con- and it's like, oh, and it just reels you in. And what does it reel really you into? Your death. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, let's consider how we can build each other up. What's necessary for this? And part of it is staying in community, staying and developing and growing in deep relationship to encourage, to remind each other of who our daddy is, who our God is, that he's good, he's still the almighty God. There is none like him. The enemy cannot and will not win. He may win some battles, But the war is done and over. The outcome has already been secure. How do I know that? Because the deposit of the promise of the future is already in you and in me. Life began for us. Eternal life began for us at the moment we said yes to Jesus. Pay attention to this because felt like the Holy Spirit just said, let me tell you something. Death no longer has hold over those who are in Christ. The body may die, but that's only the outward visible shell of who we are. We do not die. We transfer into the reality of the fullness of his presence for eternity. Our eternity began back when I was seven years old. This body from the day we're born is dying. That's a scientific fact. Death, where is your sting? Do not, do not be afraid. How many times? Does God and Holy Spirit say that over and over, even in the written word? Don't be afraid. Be strong and of good courage. For your Lord God is the almighty ruler of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. There is no other God like him. And through Jesus, who once and for all took captive defeated our enemy and his enemy and it says he took the keys meaning all authority all power all right to rule and reign he took those and he rose again in that same resurrection life that lifted him out of the grave has lifted us out of death dwells in us and we have everything we need for life and godliness in this world and then he ascended and sat down at the right hand of power and authority. And he looked at us and he said, now all of my authority I give to you. I give you the keys to my kingdom. I do not leave you powerless. I have sent you my spirit, Holy Spirit, who is God with you, ever present in every moment. Do not be afraid, for you are more than a conqueror. I have overcome every enemy, and I'm giving that to you. Continue, because my whole point has been, for I so loved the world. And I have not left you powerless. I have not left you defenseless. Not only am I in you, I have left you in family. Because as much as I can say this right now in the moment, there are times when the circumstances get hard. Life happens. We don't have yet the full expression of the kingdom of God on this earth yet. Things happen. Bad things happen to good people that don't make any sense. And if we're isolated and alone, and we don't value the coming together. We'll begin to believe ever so subtly at first, but the thought train will begin to do this, where we'll begin to believe a lie that somehow, God, you're losing. It is so bad, and there's only me. you know we have an example of this by a really powerful man of god a story in the old testament he was a prophet he heard from god he had direct communication under that time frame of hearing god talk to him but life got really hard for elijah the king was after him the queen was after him they wanted him dead and he ran. He had to run. He had to hide. And God took him, and he was out in the desert on his own. And, and Elijah himself, who had experienced, set pretty regularly the very presence of the God that most of the people of God who served him never experienced in this way. He experienced the very presence intimately of God in his voice. But life got really hard, and Elijah was isolated. And even in the desert, God was supernaturally providing and meeting his needs. But Elijah was alone. And all he could really see at this point on the screen in front of his eyes was all of the chaos that was coming at him and that meant to kill him. And he said, Lord, just take me now, right here. I'm tired of what the ravens are bringing me. You know that's not sanitary, right? Those <laughs> birds eat dead flesh. They're bringing me worms for crying out loud. At least barbecue them. Lord, this brook isn't quite enough. The water's got a little tang to it. Not quite sure about that. But Lord, there's only me. I am the last one who is faithful and true. This life is really hard. I'm not making fun of them cuz I've said all this stuff. Life is really hard. There's no one I can talk to. No one knows where I am. I'd kill for one of Ellen's cakes right about now. (laughs) I have heard nothing but great things about your cakes, so I'm really looking forward to this. (laughs) Lord, where are you? Why is there only me left on the face of the earth? And then this message comes to him. God speaks. He said, Elijah, enemy has it won. Number one, Elijah heard his name. His good God, his good father called him by name, meaning I see you. I know where you are. I haven't left you. And oh, Elijah, there's still 7,000 more faithful who haven't bent their knee. You're not alone. It just seems that way. Elijah, I am here. You are not alone. And there's 7,000 others who are out there as well. We have to fight against the lie that says it's better to be on our own than to be with our family. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Our enemy always wants to isolate us because our perspective gets skewed. Coming together is for the encouragement and the building up of us all. So do not forsake. Do not neglect the coming together because it's not just for me personally. It's not just for you personally. It's for that person sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you, we are here for the other. If we don't have that, we do not thrive, we die. Duke, come on up. If you can, would you stand? just went off you're done it's a miracle you know I told your your leadership yesterday that I wanted them to understand that I do see you as family you are quite literally family you make your extended family You're not my immediate family, but you're all those crazy cousins and aunts and uncles that we all just both love and kind of shudder at all at the same time. (laughs) It is an honor to be with you. But I want you to look around at the people in this room. Go ahead, look around. This is your family. And can I tell you in a real sense, this family is more real than even your blood relatives if they're not in the kingdom. This is this is our eternal family. We are connected by blood and life. And I think the first thing Holy Spirit is is wanting us to do, and I want to respect, and I'm not sure how you're wanting to do ministry about getting together but so let's do this I think there is first a thing about a lie that we need to reject that maybe some of us have accepted and the lie is this is that it's okay if I'm separated from you I can get what I need in isolation it's safer that way it's better that way now in some cases that's necessary Not I'm not denying that. But any way, shape, or form where the lie has kind of become the thing of says, oh, it's okay. I don't have to come back. Would you close your eyes? Holy Spirit, you are the one who leads us into all truth. And I ask right now for each of us to reveal a way of thinking, a mindset that is not in agreement with you, that's kind of snuck in and we didn't realize it. And if that comes to your mind right now, what I ask you to do in yourself is to say, I recognize that, that that's a lie, Lord, and that's not from you. And I choose not to agree with that idea. I reject it. And if it comes to that thing about not really valuing or prioritizing getting it together with my family, the truth is that you have said, I have placed you in family." and i you want us to come together and meet together for a purpose and i break my agreement with that lie
2: I believe the Lord showed me somebody here dealing with a kidney problem maybe a lower back but I think kidney uh, issue that I think he wants to touch you this morning so if that's you you just kind of lift your hand I know we'll we'll pray for you there's one is there anybody else Uh, all right now that's I saw I saw that earlier this morning if y'all have a prayer team or somebody who wants to go pray with her I think that'd be perfect
1: I also feel like um, there may be a couple of you who you've just felt like man I know what you're saying is true but man I just haven't, haven't felt God in so long is he really even there and if that's you it's okay Admit that. There's no there's no judgment or combination. What I'd like for you to do right where you're at is to do this. <clears throat> to that moment of opening up and ready to receive, expecting his presence to come. Your spirit come. And,
2: uh, yeah. I love you, Lord. For oh, Your mercy never fails me all my days, are held in Your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Faithful And all my life You have been so So good Every breath That I am able I will Have the goodness Of God Your goodness is right. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. I us sing that again. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. With my life laid down surrender For the family, we love you, Lord. You are worthy of it all. Since there's some here who just you just feel dry it's just uh it's been a long season and you're dry and just need a touch from the holy spirit you're saying i i don't even know what i need i just know i need i need a refill whatever that is i need to be touched by the spirit and i just invite you to to open up your hands and just just hold them out just to receive from the lord i'm just going to speak over you right now Jesus come, Holy Spirit come, we offer ourselves to you, Lord, we open ourselves up and say would you pour your spirit out upon us, pour your spirit out upon us, Oh, pour your spirit on me, Lord, it's a, yeah, you hear the psalmist when he starts writing, he says, my soul feels now, like a dry and weary land where there is no water it just it, it just seems like it's a desert and come lord just just right where you are just just say, you can just say come lord come holy spirit would you come and fill me blow lord blow blow over our spirit come breath of god over my spirit breath of god breath of god breathe on me it all, worthy of it all, I lift my eyes up to the hills, where does my help come from? It comes from you, oh God, it comes from you, oh God, I lift my eyes up to the hills, where does my help come from? comes from you, oh God, it comes from you, oh God. All dead one Jesus, your name is on my lips, your spirit like water to my soul. Your word is be.
0: Love, love, love the presence of God. There's nothing like it. I want to thank pastors Duke and Marie for coming and pouring into our lives like they just did. We always leave with a benediction. And this is what I want to leave you with today. So take a posture in your heart of receiving, because I believe as we speak blessing that there's power in that. And that power enters into our spirit and strengthens and encourages and emboldens us. And today's benediction is from the book of Romans. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive that now. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We're going to go ahead and dismiss. Go out and have a great week taking his presence with you wherever you go. God bless you. You're dismissed.
2: away. In the silence I hear the voice that calms the
1: seas. You're in